So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. And we are rocking and rolling at 10.07. We're early. Here. Uh, well, yes, we're early, but we're also late. Because that's just how we roll here on the Sports Kita YouTube uh, or Sports Kita Wrestling Facebook channel and the Wrestle Binge by Sports Kita YouTube channel. Appreciate everybody who's joining us for this edition of Smack Talk. Yes, we are on about an hour early today because there's no rampage. NBA playoffs are going on hot and heavy. Uh, uh, Sid, last time I checked, New York Knicks were doing pretty well. Dutch disappears. Uh, all right. Well, he's back. There we go. But last time I checked, New York Knicks were doing pretty good against the Cleveland Cavaliers. I was a little bit uh, surprised about that. We'll see if they can hang on and uh, and win there. Your Lakers doing okay so far in the playoffs. Hey, we won and one. We we stole home court advantage. That's all <laughs> we we needed to do. Austin Reeves is him. That's all I'm here for. So NBA playoffs are going on, which means AEW Rampage is tomorrow. Uh, so that's going to be airing on Saturday. So we're going to be focusing on SmackDown tonight. We had two title matches. We had a no DQ uh, main event tonight between Matt Riddle and Solo Sokoa. We had one of the most random ass matches in the history of premium live events get announced tonight. So we'll dive into all of that. Uh, what is going on, Steven and Ozzy and Frantic World and Dean and everybody who's in the chat tonight? Get your questions in, get your comments in. We'll try to get to as many of those as possible as we are with you for the next 45 minutes or so. No rampage tonight, Dutch, but I do want to talk a little AEW with you. I because you, for those who don't know, and if you don't know, you must have been living under a rock. You are a longtime veteran of professional wrestling locker rooms. You have well, been around long time you have been around every ego every talent every you you have come and gone <laughs> and seen it all okay uh we have talked ad nauseum on this show about cm punk and the saga that has been going on with he and aew wrestling and this week uh we we've gotten some major updates regarding cm punk and the fact that not only is he apparently on his way back to the company but apparently they are building an entire show and potentially even an entire brand. That's right. I said brand split for AEW surrounding one CM Punk. Uh, reports from Wrestling Observer today, I believe Andrew Zarian was the <laughs> one who had this, uh, says that they that AEW has booked the United Center, surprise, surprise, in Chicago, Illinois, CM Punk's hometown, uh, for Saturday, June 17th. Uh, and it is believed that will be the launch of the new Saturday show, AEW Collision. Now, there's also been some reports, SP3, and back me up here. I want to make sure I got this uh, factually correct, or at least as much factually correct as rumors can be. Um, 
there is potential here that there are still some members of the AEW locker room uh, who do not want to deal with Mr. Phil Brooks, who do not want to work with Mr. Phil Brooks, and AEW may be looking at separating the rosters, boiling it down to whomever wants to work with him or whomever wants to deal with him will be on that Saturday show, and those who, who don't will not be. Uh, do I have that about right based off of the assessments that you've read? Uh, it was more of less that would be a first it was reported by Wrestling Observer. It would be more of a soft brand split than it was more of it would be a hard brand split. Uh, listening to Andrew Zarian on the Mapman podcast, it would he said that it wouldn't be just directly kind of people would be exclusive to one show or the other. It would kind of be like, OK, this crew is the punk crew. This crew is the elite crew. And sometimes the elite crew will be on the Wednesday show. Sometimes the elite crew would be on the Saturday show and similar with the punk crew, whatever, whatever uh, works out here. I'll, I'll try to go on longer as uh, Dutch contrast control his <laughs> Wi-Fi and stay with us here. But yeah, it's, it's more of a splitting of the roster uh, to kind of work around the issues that is going on with the elite probably not being keen to working with CM Punk, even though CM Punk, if he wants to make amends or not, he has been told that he should not be in contact with the members of the elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Now, a lot of money involved in this, too. Yes, a lot of money. $52 million apparently is involved with this as they would be making uh, $500,000 for every hour of programming with this saturday show so in a year they would make 52 million per year and again according to the reports uh <laughs> cm punk a major driving force for getting this show done this is what the warner brothers wanted they wanted that man back on their tv screen and this is exactly why he was he's going to be coming back dutch and money is king and i have to figure that is why AEW is going to go through all the circus and jump through all the hoops to to bring this man back. And uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of backstage issues they got to work out here. Well, whether it works or not, you just said it. Money is the king. And if anybody wants to work with Punk, they can come in and work. And if they don't, he'll just say, "Get them out of here," because he'll be running that show. He'll have final say in that show. If he got them a $52 million, I think uh, Tony Khan can tell all the rest of them to hit, to hit the bricks, and that's what he might do. I doubt it. But Tony, I think, needs to step up and be a boss. Here he doesn't have to be a boss. He can just follow the money here. Yeah. Follow the money. And if anybody doesn't, doesn't want to work with, with CM Punk, they, they got this other show they can work on. Me, personally, I've never heard of a deal like this. This is groundbreaking. And all I can say is, since I've never heard of it before, we just got to see if it works out or not. I hope it works out. Uh, but the Chicago show, they needed CM Punk for that. They're going to Wembley. They'll need him for that. And I hope all this works out. But this does put CM Punk in a highly, highly advantageous role in the company. And I don't care who doesn't like him. 
if the Bucks don't like him, if Omega doesn't like him, or Moxley doesn't like anybody who doesn't like him, I, I think Tony will go with the 52. Where, where'd you go? Where did he go? Am I the only one we're working Wi-Fi today? What's going on here? What's yeah, going what on? No, sorry. I, I meant to black out my camera so I could get something out of my eye, and I took myself yeah. off the screen. I'm sorry. But we'll have to wait and wait and see if it works or not. Yeah, this is something that I've never heard of before. I mean, in Dutch, like I, I don't think AEW is unique to any other locker room before. There have been disagreements there have been spells there have been talent that have worked with one another that have absolutely hated one another right like this oh, that, yeah. that's oh, what yeah. seems to be un, unprecedented for this situation is that somehow some way despite there being so much money on the table as Dutch continues to drop out as well we are off to a, a just a, a roaring start but as 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 aew pushes toward this wembley show with a slam dunk main event match. If they could just get everybody on the same page and make a ton of money and put CM Punk and FTR versus the elite in that's hopefully sold out 70,000, 80,000, however many tickets are going to sell at Wembley stadium. The fact that CM Punk and the elite still have not been talking to one another. The elite reportedly may not even be willing to, to be on the same program as him. And now AEW is acquiescing to, to that request is, that's what's unprecedented about this to me is the fact that you've had spells before you've had disagreements before Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker hate each other, hate each other. They had their issues, but they were able to come together and make magic and put together a couple of really solid matches. Some of the best in AEW. It's surprising to me that with the amount of money on the table here, at least so far, feels like the elite and CM Punk, or at least from what we've heard from the elites camp, they're not willing to do that. That's what's surprising to me. So the elite, they don't want to work with Punk. Is that what you're hearing? What we're hearing is that it's more of the young bucks are more sure. not yeah. keen to be working with CM Punk. Kenny Omega is kind of in the position of, uh, he's kind of like, Shrug, shrug his shoulders. He's kind of going along with what the majority rules as far as, you know, his best friends being the Young Bucks. Like I've said before, like I said many of times to you, Dutch, and to Rick, Kenny Omega did nothing. Kenny Omega <laughs> saved the dog. He saved the dog. He's like, he's like, everybody's going crazy. We got people biting each other, throwing chairs. Let me save a dog. And then he got bit for it by a human being. But Kenny Omega is kind of like, uh, but the Young Bucks, I can understand, you know, this is someone that, they probably, you could tell, I can I can say that there is a chance that the Young Bucks went to CM Punk's locker room to kind of just address what he said and to clear it out, to get it out of the way immediately after. Was that the right choice? No. But did they go, did they go in the, the, with the intention to get into a fight? I don't think that anything we know about the Young Bucks throughout yeah. their 20, almost 20 year career says that they wanted to get into that backstage fight. But what we do know is that CM Punk was very hostile that night and it seems like he was the first one to throw a punch. So if I am the Young Bucks and this is kind of the one black eye as far as their reputation in the locker room and they just want to move past it and don't want to address it don't want to address cm punk anymore i can understand if they don't want to work with cm punk but i also do understand the fact that tony khan is saying this is my biggest draw this is a guy that 
potentially if this show goes down the Chicago, you know, United Center, he would sell out the United Center twice yeah. on yeah. a rumor. Yep. On a rumor. He did it once on a rumor. And now this would be twice. Well, let, let's give credit. Let's give credit where credit's due. Sean Rossap sold out the United Center. Let, let's give credit where credit's due. Sean Rossap. It's a rumor. It's a rumor. <laughs> regardless of who who reported the rumor or not, <laughs> this time you could say Andrew Zarian and Dave Meltzer sold out the United, the United Center. Center. Yeah. Whatever you want to say, whoever was the person reporting the rumor, this would be twice that CM Punk would sell out the United Center on a rumor. That's how big of a draw he is to AEW. Okay, so how did this $52 million deal come about? Did they approach Tony Khan with it? And more did CM Punk back? From what is being told is that this is a part of, you know, the Warner's upfronts are coming up on May 17th. So this is when they announced that they have like new shows. This is very similar to what happened in 2019. That was around the time that they announced that AEW Dynamite was going to be a thing when it debuted in October 2019. So what it sounds like is that it was kind of a combination of them meeting with Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers saying, hey, we want to give you another show. This is something that's kind of been in the works for a few months because we heard the first report of them, uh, you know, trademarking AEW Collision, I would say as far back as like the winter of 2022. And now we're here in the spring of 2023. So this is a few months in the making. But I think that with them giving them that show, I think they are basing it around. And maybe it's Warner's going to Tony. or Maybe it's Tony going to Warner's. We don't know those type of details yet. But it seems like this is something that Warner's is expecting with this new show is that CM Punk is attached to it. Okay, $52 million for how long? Well, this is it would be $52 million a year. So it's a million dollars a week. Basically. Wow. Two hour show. Five hundred thousand oh, dollars okay. per okay. hour. A two hour show. Yeah. Okay. Well, congratulations to AEW and I <laughs> hope it works. But they call it professional wrestling for a reason. You're supposed to be dealing with pros. And if the Bucks I, I, I think the Bucks are not that stupid. They'll go ahead and they'll work because they see the thing. Your pride won't buy a can of beans. But $52 million will buy a lot of stuff. So I've never heard of anything like this, but I never heard of a lot of stuff in, in wrestling for the last a couple of years. And, and it's it's changing, it's evolving. So, and it's actually a good sign for pro wrestling that they are willing to pony up fifty two million dollars on a on a gamble. I guess I don't. They don't know what it's going to do. Well, I think at this point, anything involving CM Punk is a gamble because whether it yeah he cooler heads may prevail and he may be on his best behavior, but who knows when the next incident might happen. You hope for the best, but history speaks for itself. And also durability has to come into question because the last two times Tony Khan has been ready to strap the rocket to this guy. He's ended up getting hurt. So yeah. anything involving CM Punk is a gamble at this point, as great as he is, as big of a draw as he is. And it's, 
it's also taking into account that uh you know there's also been reports by wrestling observer that there's supposed to be a meeting going down between cm yeah. punk and chris jericho I'd moderated by ftr a, i would love to be a fly on the wall yeah i want to see what jericho's attitude about this is well, I think I think from from the the report of them being willing to have a meeting between Punk and CM uh, CM Punk and uh, Chris Jericho, that Jericho's willing to do business with this, and he realizes that fans well, yeah. are going to be interested in it. And and Chris Jericho, what we heard also similar reports is that he's the closest confidant to Tony Khan. So I think that this meeting is very important because it's not just about. Punk getting on the same page as Jericho, I think Jericho might be able, if that meeting goes well, to be a liaison between a, a meeting between Punk and the elite. Because I think that Andrews Arian did an excellent job of explaining that regardless of them splitting brands and having one crew for Saturday, one crew for Wednesday, that these, the, these people are going to have to be in the same building for the big pay-per-views. You brought it up, Dutch, for Wembley Stadium at All In, for All Out, if they try to go back to the United Center just a few months after this show on, uh, on Saturday, June 17th. They're going to have to all be in the building for those shows, so they have to be able to share a building together at least one of these times so I think that it's it's very important that you have that meeting you try to get everything out on the table because it's going to be a step-by-step -step basis and I think that you can't just expect everybody to get in a room and everything will work out when <laughs> no. it's been a legal thing it's been it's, it, you yeah. have people legally unable to communicate with one another because of how big that blow-up was and the last time I think that we had a blow-up of this uh, you know, uh, magnitude, yep. it led to the Montreal screw job and it led to Bret Hart not being in the WWE for nearly 15 years. So, oh. yeah, <laughs> okay, guys, let's do this. Let's pick the teams. I'm gonna say somebody and tell me if you think that punk can work with them. Okay, let's go with the what about uh, the Bucks? We'll start with the Bucks, they're they gonna be, be on, the they're gonna be team? on Wednesday. Huh? Yeah. They're on Wednesday. Well, we're gonna say Punk is is the is the team captain for Saturday, and the we're just gonna put the elite. The elite, the elite are the team captains for Wednesday. We could yeah. just take them out of this because <laughs> that, that's so, automatic. So the, so the Bucks are out. So the Bucks and the Bucks and Kenny are on Wednesday. Punk is on Saturday. Hangman Page. Wednesday. He's Wednesday. with the he's with the elite. Uh, he's oh, yeah. on the other team. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Where's 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 Moxley at? Wednesday. <laughs> so what's Punk gonna have? Chris Jericho. FTR. FTR. Uh, I can see Hook. I can see Hobbs. The acclaimed. Britt Baker and Adam Cole. I can see, I can see the acclaim on there. I know. I think Britt Baker and Adam Cole. They're on Wednesday with with the Elite. That's their peoples. I'd yeah. say MJF, but he only typically works one day a week. So I can see I can see MJF they they treat this like the original brand split and they have the world champion go on whatever show he needs to be on and he sure. can be yeah. the guy that goes from either show. Where's Jeff Jarrett and Sanjay? I I, I can see Jeff Jarrett Jeff Jarrett is a he he's been in the business way too long. I can see him on Saturday. Yes, yeah, Saturday. Him on sure. Saturday. 
Sure. Oh, he don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he worked with Vince Russo. Of course, I do too. But hey, it's it's a it's a it's a job. You still do. It's a job. Legion of Raw every Monday. Who's after, this? Uh, right here on this on this Vince channel. Russo. Yeah. Vince Russo. You work with him now. Well, I don't work with him, but. I Oh, Dutch! What is I going on? I wish they had Cornet. I wish they had Cornet there and Russo. That would really be the coup de gras. I would. Love, I would love to see that. Now they can hire Cornet. They can put Cornet on Saturday because he'll have go. to work with the elite. Yeah, because now Tony Khan is going to be booking not only Ring of Honor, not over, not only Dark, not only Dark Elevation, not only Rampage, and not only Dynamite. But now well, he, he don't, can... he don't, he's already established. He don't book Dark and Dark Elevation. Oh, okay, fair enough. Still, yeah. that's a Who lot. That's that? a lot of wrestling. Uh he let he lets the the kind of like the producers and the agents. He lets the agents kind of work uh, book Dark and Dark Elevation. I mean, most of those are enhancement matches anyway. So. Yeah. It is what it is. Uh, Jonathan Gill saying it just says AEW truly doesn't care about the roster that Punk will get whatever he wants. I understand that sentiment. I really do, which kind of makes it an interesting situation. But and let, yeah. let, let, let's 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 put an NFL story at, up, up for example today. There were five players in the NFL today. Five players in the NFL today were suspended for violating the league's policy on gambling. Good. Four of them were members of the Detroit Lions. They all broke the same rules. Two of those guys were, were were cut from the team immediately. Two of those guys were kept. Why do you think that was? Because two of those guys had talent that were worth keeping around and waiting around, and two of those guys were not. CM Punk, it's an unfair world. He's a draw. He's a talent. He's a name. He's the biggest draw in the company. With that comes special privileges. That's just the name of the game. And $52 million. Is a, is a hell of a reason to keep CM Punk around and give him another shot and bring him back uh, to AEW. Dutch, one thing that makes this even more interesting, all this money that Warner Brothers and Discovery are throwing at professional wrestling, and there's at least some rumblings that they could be interested in hopping in the media rights negotiations with WWE on top of all of this. Well, they say that, and I read... I mean, I wrote it down, then I probably read it back to myself. But WWE is thinking about shopping around Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. So if they can get money like that, what what does what does Fox pay pay uh, WWE? I can't remember the, the dollar figure. Was, I know. Yeah, I, I think know it came up to like 200, 200 mil. Uh, after like it was a four year deal, and I think it was like uh worth like 200, 200 million. And according to the ratings, they overpaid. Yeah. <laughs> so they're well, they're not getting their investment. Hey, listen, guys, they thought they would be getting. Go into your PayPal and get. Up. <laughs> We're starting with like eight thousand dollars, and just see how long it takes us. Wait, you you think I have that? Well, yeah, you have that. You're you funny. Money. I got two kids in daycare. I ain't got shit. Daycare <laughs> is expensive. Daycare is ex as as expensive as I heard. Is it expensive? Twenty grand a year for two kids. No shit. I swear to Christ. 
Swear. Swear. Why do you think I got five jobs, Dutch? <laughs> I got to work so other people can watch my kids while I work. That's how it works. Oh, my God. Oh, it's terrible. Well, like anything else, we'll wait and see how this comes out. Yeah, and nothing's official until it's official. But, you know, we can only go off of the information that we that we have been given. Uh, one other thing before we dive into SmackDown here, Dutch, that I, I did want to bring up. Uh, your good friend, Brett the Hitman Hart, made a bit uh, made a bit of some headlines this week uh, where he, and I'm going to paraphrase here, the, the, the quotes are out there if you want to go find them, but he was uh, a little critical of the style of professional wrestling these days, you know, bringing up the thigh slapping and a lack of storytelling and, you know, maybe more focus on the, the high spots and the athleticism and storytelling inside of the matches and criticized it, whether it's AEW or WWE. And I think a lot of people will look at this and go, Oh, well, old man yells at clouds, you know, veteran of the business doesn't like how the, the sport that he was involved in has evolved to today's today's audience. Uh, I know you were able to, to read those quotes, uh, and, you know, you had some thoughts. You kind of agree with him, but you, you kind of don't agree with him as well. Yeah, I do kind of agree with him, and I kind of don't agree with him because WWE, I think, does unnecessary moves when it's not really ne needed. And I, I will go over a couple of moves tonight that I saw on SmackDown that were absolute botches, and I'll tell you about it in, in, in a second. But I do agree with him because – Story, story dictates how much money you're going to draw. I've seen some stinkers that sold out and they came back and sold out again. I mean, stinkers. Now that was, that was years ago because it, it was a, it, it was a different world then. Now I think it's more, I'll tell you what I saw. NXT, they must've had these two cheerleaders they were doing backflips, not at each other. But what the purpose of doing right the back. backflip was, they weren't doing it at each other, but I didn't, didn't understand it. Right. And they go to these, and I respect this, that Dante Martin coming off that ladder. Why? Because... In the fans' mind, they, it's going to last about 15 seconds. But in his career, if it doesn't heal right, he's going to remember it the rest of his life. And I do things like that. I don't know why the agents let that go through. Because it might take somebody getting killed. And he could have died from that. Sure. I mean, that was probably one of the most... Well, I've seen crazier stuff, but the way he landed, he could have he could have been paralyzed. Thank God he wasn't. But but Bret Hart, he didn't come through the ranks doing all this crazy stuff. He worked on story. Yeah. And believe me, if you want to have a long career in wrestling, who's every time you go out, even at a reduced schedule. These guys take bumps more in a 10-minute match than I took in a month, <laughs> maybe two months. And as far as coming off a rope or doing this, you couldn't melt and pour me into those moves because, no, I'm not doing them, <laughs> period. But oh. 
but the, this is what I, I think the AEW guys do instead of working for the paid audience or the people at home. A lot of them work for the dressing room. You know what I mean? They want to go back to the dressing room, and some guy said, Man, what a friggin' move. And he's not lying. It was a hell of a move. But he, and I guess they're, I don't know what they pay. I guess they're paying good, I hope. But I've seen guys that did that, and as soon as he would come back through the door in my day, that's what the book were telling. Quit working for the dressing room and start working for those people out there. Uh, I will never forget an indie event that uh, I worked. I was the ring announcer and uh, the booker that night was Jimmy Wang Yang. And uh, this young gentleman by the name of Lynn Efron uh, did a spot in front of about 45 people where he got <laughs> chokes, where he got choke slammed onto the outside of the ring, missed the, the matting and landed on concrete. Basically he was okay. He was all right probably adrenaline in the moment he didn't feel it until the next day but the second he walked back exactly what you said dutch it was like hey man what are you doing don't kill yourself for 45 people let's let's save those kind of spots for for the big moments all right you know pick your spots with those kind of moments but in today's world man where you have these high flying athletes that do all insane you got big dudes You've got monsters that back in the day that would have been like the Kevin Nash style of, I'm just going to give you a forearm to the back and you fall down, who are doing moves that the cruiserweights used to do, right? Bigger, stronger, faster athletes than ever. That's when you get people who are trying to one-up one another because, Sid, as you well know, that's what the audience craves nowadays. Like, yes, well, you can sit here and harp on, on storyline and investment, and I'm more of a storyline guy than a high-spot guy. But the crowds eat this kind of stuff up, and when everybody's doing the same stuff, that's when you get stuff like the Dante Martin spot where there somebody gets hurt trying to one up and and stand out and be memorable. I had a bis in Puerto Rico, and he went out there and he was trying to do cruiserweight stuff, and I got him in the back. I said, "What the f are you doing?" I'm just out there, you know, he's a good guy. Scared of his own shadow sometimes, but really a, a, a sweet guy. I said, stop doing that. You're 320. You're not, you're not 220. You're not 200. Act like a big man. That's how I'm booking you. You're a monster. So quit flying around and acting like you're damn Shawn Michaels in here because you're not. Your cane and your work accordingly. And he says, Oh, okay. I told Abyss one night, I, I, I told this story. He went out and I was going to have him beat this local Puerto Rican guy. I can't remember his name. Oh, the Puerto Rican guy. Oh, he hated that. Oh, he didn't like to get beat. And I, I'd seen him a couple times in the previous weeks. When he was losing, he'd lay on his ass. He told Abyss, I says, I'm going to watch this match. And I says, if that son of a bitch, like if he like no-sells you, I want you to be looking back here at this dressing room door. 
Because if he does it one time, I want you to kick the living shit out of him. So the guy went out there and a best did something to him, and the guy got a went, oh, like that didn't hurt. Oh, I hit, I blew up, and a best looked at me. I said, kill him. <laughs> <laughs> and a best started kicking his ass. I mean, within reason, and <laughs> and the guy stopped it. So he didn't know sell it anymore. I, I said, lay on him, and when you kick him, kick the shit out of him. If he's going to treat you that way, then treat him the way that you want to be treated. So, but anyway. I don't know how we got on that topic, but I'm glad we did. Well, I just I just told a story. Yeah, I love it. I love story time with Dutch. But uh, we've been on the show for a half hour now. Uh, we haven't talked about SmackDown. So let's let's dive into that. The lead story is out the way. Let's dive into the show tonight. Only got one to do. Two hours of wrestling, and it started off with Finn Balor and Damian Priest defeating Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar tonight. Uh, Priest gets the win after Santos had this match won SP3, but Finn Balor was not the legal man. That allowed Finn Balor, or excuse me, that allowed Damian Priest to swoop in, uh, hit the South of Heaven choke slam on Escobar and get the win again. Another LWO loss, which I know you got some feelings about. Obviously, all of this is setting up. Right. And here's my thing, SP3. All of this is setting up the return of Bad Bunny. It seems like a no brainer. We're going to get some kind of tag team match between Judgment Day, Rey Mysterio, and Bad Bunny. So let's just say it's Damian Priest and Finn Balor versus Rey Mysterio and Bad Bunny. Our, our Bad Bunny then has to lose in this situation, right? Because we can't sit here and expect that Santos Escobar can't get the win over Judgment Day, but Bad Bunny is going to come in off the street after not having wrestling in a year. And, and, and what, what does that do to judgment day? And what does that do for Santos Escobar? That, that kind of makes them look bad by comparison. Does it not? No, because they've established that the LWO is just another stable. They can't buy a win. It seems <laughs> like if you're, if your name is not the, the bloodline WWE don't know how to book a stable. They just either make it is either a stable where one guy is dominant and the other guys are there to lose. It's a stable that everyone is there to lose <laughs> damage control uh, or you it's it's a stable that's supposed to be baby faces that is over with the crowd and they yep. can't buy a freaking win ever since this stable became the LWO. They just lose and 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 lose. L stands for. Yeah, it's not Latino world order. It's loser world order at this point. Like, it's ridiculous. And, like, I thought this match was pretty fun, but I feel like I've seen this match a few times now. I've seen yeah. it. I've seen it already. It's it's oh, Santos looks good. I felt Ray and Santos are over, but I felt I felt the same way tonight. I said, this looks like eight months ago. <laughs> it really, I said, man. Now the second hour was a lot better, but the first hour, god damn that drug by. Now I, 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 will, I, I will say this though, I do like that that Damian Priest has taken center stage with Judgment Day in recent weeks. This is exactly what I was hoping uh, that they would do with him after he had pretty much nothing heading into WrestleMania. He was just the enforcer. Now he has stepped in the limelight. He is the quote-unquote 
leader of Judgment Day heading into this big Puerto Rico show and this showdown with Bad Bunny. So I like what this has done for him. But yeah, man, I, I get that LW is racking up some losses. But as soon as they get out of, of, of backlash, like, yeah, they need to start winning some matches. Santos Escobar needs to start winning some matches. If you if you want LWO to lose, I mean, you got you got Joaquin who who's right there. You got uh, uh the other guy whose name is escaping me at the moment. Uh, Cruz but you, Del Toro. Thank you, Cruz. You got those two guys who could who could be taking L. Santos Escobar should not lose a match for a while after this, or for a long while after this. Like he needs to start racking up some wins quickly. I don't see that changing, and the reason why I don't uh, either. And the reason why Bad Bunny and Rey Mysterio should win is because it's Bad Bunny and Puerto Rico. I, and I don't think I, I think if Bad Bunny, if you're if you're gonna bring back Bad Bunny to lose to Judgment Day, if I'm Bad Bunny, um, can someone tell me in the chat how how you say in Spanish? That doesn't work for me, brother. <laughs> that doesn't work for me, brother. Where's my wants, hometown? Unless he yes. wants to put over Damian Priest, you Just know, he's no. to put his buddy over. Yeah, yeah, no, no bueno, no bueno, <laughs> no bueno for me. I'm saying no job. I'm, I'm just saying though, when you have somebody the caliber of Santos Escobar who he, can't help Ray buy a win, and then and then Bad Bunny comes in off the street, and he's gonna be the one that ends up getting a win here in Backlash. I again, it just it's one of those things where hey, that's I don't why play. it's gonna be. I don't like the optics be, of it. It's gonna be Ray and. That. Yeah, it's gonna be Ray and and Bad Bunny versus Dom and Damian Priest, and Dom can lose all the time because he's gonna have sure. heat regardless. Sure. He's That's gonna he can he can lose to Bad Bunny, and then he's gonna have his heat back the next night. So it's gonna be perfectly fine, and no one's gonna remember this because they're gonna give Judgment Day all their wins on TV the way they've been doing the last couple yeah. of weeks. Well, they're, they're not going to get a win at, uh, at least most likely, at Backlash. That would include Zelina Vega, who uh, is getting okay, uh, what she wants. Who get a win at Backlash? Judgment Day. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Zelina Vega is not in there. LWO. Sorry. Excuse me. I got confused. Anyway, regardless, Zelina Vega is part of LWO. She is getting a match against Rhea Ripley, who will win as part of Judgment Day. So they'll get one. Yeah, I got all confused there for a second. It's been a long day, folks. Bear with me. Uh, but Rhea Ripley is going to defend her SmackDown Women's Championship against Zelina Vega at Backlash and SP3. I know you had some some issues with this. Not so much with Zelina getting the match, but how it was set up. Dude, like, I'm a big <laughs> fan of Zelina Vega. New York's own Zelina Vega from Queens, New York. I've Wait interviewed Puerto Rican. Or is she Queens, New York? She's she was she was born in Queens, New York, ladies and gentlemen. I I heard people saying, "Oh, this is going to be in her hometown." No, she's Puerto Rican. <laughs> you could be Puerto Rican, and Rican. I'm I'm African American. I'm not from Africa. Um, like that's the difference. It's my heritage. It's not my hometown. But yeah. like, I understand. I totally understand her being the challenger. For you know, Aria Ripley at Backlash, yeah. and one of my good friends on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, Stephanie Hypes, even said, "Oh, you know, uh, Zelina should be an option to face uh, back uh, versus Rhea at Backlash, and it makes sense because LWO and Judgment Day have been feuding." But the only thing that I said it doesn't make sense is because I literally saw Rhea Ripley beat Zelina Vega on the way to WrestleMania. And the fact of the matter is, Selena Vega has not won a singles match in WWE in two years. Two years. You stole, then, my, thunder. You stole my thunder. Actually, although SP3, can you tell me the last woman that she beat? 
I don't care. It's the fact that she just went <laughs> on national TV and she said the reason that she should be in a title match is yeah. because I'm short and I'm Puerto Rican. I was, I was, I, I literally wanted to turn off this show. I literally wanted to turn off this show. She, like, she this company said, has no type of like self awareness. Like, if you're a baby face, your your theory to get in a match should be, "Hey, give me a match so I can prove myself." That's what a baby face does. Dutch, you've been in this business a lot longer than I've even been alive. Is that like Babyface 101? A babyface should win a damn match to get a title match, not say I'm short and I'm Puerto Rican, so I should get a shot. <laughs> I don't know. Carlos Cologne said it. <laughs> she she basically walked in there like like somebody asking for a raise, but like to their boss, but had like knew they weren't going to get it off their merits of their job alone. Okay. So they had to come up with other, other reasons why they deserve it. It's like, man, I got kids at home, man. I really need an extra $2 on my salary. That's kind of what Zelina, Zelina just walked in there and was like, yo, you know, this makes sense, right? We're in Puerto Rico. I'm Puerto Rican. That's why I should get this title shot. Um, I was going to ask the question SP three. I had it locked and loaded because I know you are a big uh, history buff when was the last time that Zelina Vega got a one-on-one -on -one victory in WWE so I'll ask Dutch can you tell me how long ago it was the exact date Dutch Mantel when did Queen Zelina get her last win in WWE one-on-one -on -one? I have no idea what if I did have that date and I said oh well June I'd be very impressed date. I'd be very impressed it was December 13th 2021 Monday Night Raw against that's three years Almost uh, to two and a, almost two and a half. That's two years. <laughs> December thirteenth, twenty twenty one, Monday Night Raw against Rhea Ripley. How about that, sports oh. fan? Oh, so, the rematch. Two and a half years in the making. Uh, her last win though came in uh, a tag team. Remember when her and Carmelo were tag team champs? Uh, they actually successfully defended their titles January third, twenty twenty two, against Nikki Ash. And Rhea Ripley. So she's got her last two wins have come over Rhea Ripley. She's looking to make it three in a row in backlash. And go ahead. She's got her number. She does. Yeah, that was a little, does. a little bit. Her asking for that tag uh, that title match. That's a little sketchy. And then they didn't. The guy told her, I will talk to Rhea and I will talk to the, the, the head guy, whatever. And then all of a sudden, comes up later, pops up. The font is already made. That's easy as hell. And to be fair, Zelina did miss a lot of time. Uh, she was uh, she wrestled Bianca Belair on April 11th and then didn't show up until uh, last December when she joined Legato Del Fantasma. So she did miss a lot of time over the course of that uh, that two years. It's not like she's been losing for for two years straight. She did miss some time. Uh, all right. So I guarantee uh, you that match was Zelina Vega and uh, Rhea Ripley. They'll blow that. that they'll blow it out. In Puerto Rico. Oh, that'd be great. Good match. All she had to do Zelina, was Zelina, don't don't get any of us wrong here, folks. Zelina's awesome. She's great. Highly underutilized. Love her to death. Yes. Can we get her a win next week on SmackDown? Please. Exactly. That's all I no. ask for. Just give her a win so she feels like a contender. She, she can beat Lacey Evans. She can beat Tegan Knox. She can beat oh, no, literally she anybody. Beat she can't beat Lacey Evans. Sure, she can. That's Absolutely, bullshit. she can. That bullshit. Beat Lacey Evans. She Why not? Let's else. go. 
Beat Lacey Evans in a two out of three falls match, two nothing. I don't give a oh, shit. No. Just give her a dang win. Lacey needs to just squash her. And then you know what? After Zelina wins a match next week, have her win another one the following week. We still got two SmackDowns before uh, we get to <laughs> before we get to Backlash. Our next match was Braun Strowman and Ricochet versus the Viking Raiders. Really weird spot uh, in, in this one, SP3. So Ricochet and, and Strowman, they really do work well together. I love their tandem offense of... <laughs> Basically being like the Hulk and Spider-Man and him chucking Ricochet all across the ring. They're, they're, hey, that was a bunch. What was he, what was Strowman going to do when that, he threw him in? He missed that, everybody. That was my question because that was the weird spot. So Strowman gets hit in the head. He's selling it a little bit and he goes over to the corner, tags in Ricochet and Ivar spins around. But he's three quarters of the way across the ring, and <laughs> how did he miss everybody? And Strowman just, just chucks Ricochet right <laughs> into the middle of the ring. <laughs> I don't know if he mistimed it. I don't know if he misjudged Ivar's ring placement. But that was a weird spot. And then the other thing, Dutch, is immediately afterward. Strowman rolls out of the ring and just like collapses on the ring apron. So I don't know if he really was knocked for a loop there for a second. But that was a really weird say, spot. He's not that good anyway. That was a, that he's, was he's, a weird spot, man. It felt, it, felt, it felt like, you know, you, you you ever slipped in public and then you try to be like, oh, my ankle. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh. I hurt oh. myself. Oh, oh, God, man. I really got to get that looked at. <laughs> Look, shit happens in a wrestling ring, but yeah, that one was that 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 was an all timer. That that was a new one for me. <laughs> it's almost like he forgot Ricochet was his tag partner and just ch chucked him into the middle of the ring. Like, here, have at him! Oh shit! I, 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 That's I, my I boy. Literally, I literally stopped, hit rewind three times. I said, I didn't know. Uh, I, I did didn't too. see like, that. I didn't. Oh my god, I did see it, and I went back hell? another two times. As the damnedest move I've ever seen. Ricochet recovered very nicely, though. That dude, that dude's got that dog in him, man. Like he, he's freaking good. Ricochet is awesome and stole the show at the end of that match, in my my opinion. Uh, Jonathan Gill, a goof just like Titus O'Neil tripping. That's almost worse than Titus O'Neil tripping, to be completely honest. <laughs> to be completely honest with you. Chalking up the shit happens. Sometimes you just got to laugh, but that was weird. I don't know how else to, to describe it. That one, that one was weird. But uh, you know Strowman, it's weird when, when, when Michael Cole doesn't even make fun of it. Like Michael Cole just, just moved on for a bit. Yeah. And, and didn't it's, mention all, it. <laughs> it's all fine and dandy if that's their, their gimmick, though, with um, you know him tossing Ricochet around. But it's the fact of the matter is that this is now two tag teams that you have doing that because that's Raquel and Liv's whole gimmick of their double team moves. So it's not very creative, and that did not work out well. Aren't Aren't Strowman and Raquel together too? By the way, yep, yeah. So they 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 somebody's copying off of somebody's uh, you know test. Yeah, uh, it's exactly what somebody's doodling somebody else's homework is exactly what's going on there. Let's talk about Liv Morgan and Raquel. They uh, did defeat Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. Um, 
look, I'm going to be honest. There were certain aspects of the presentation of this match tonight. I could have done without the water. I could have done without the dialogue and the promo, the heat attempt promo uh, that Chelsea and, and Sonia got out there tonight. I don't even think that was necessary, to be honest with you. But I like both of these teams. I like both of these teams a lot. I think Raquel and Liv are incredibly fun together. Liv just going batshit crazy and starting off this match with a drop kick because she was ready to whoop some ass uh, after getting embarrassed last uh, last Monday. I loved all of that. There were some really fun spots in this. Sonia and Chelsea work incredibly well together. Um, I even like, you know, Sonia and, and Chelsea getting a taste of their own medicine where they tried to cheat and steal the titles and then uh, Raquel and, and Liv pull a fast one on them and referee was in the, the right spot to, to miss that. So I thought this was fun. I think these two teams could be a cornerstone to build something much stronger than they've had in a long time with the women's tag team division. Some things I could have done without didn't need the water spot at the end, but overall I thought this was fun tonight. SP three. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. That's how I, yeah. That's how I felt about this match. I'll was... say one thing about this match. It was better than the, than the Strowman and the Ricochet match. I enjoyed it a hell of a lot better. And I think, uh, I don't think the Vikings should have been beaten either. I don't think you need to pin them. They they put all this work on them and all of a sudden they just pin them and nothing match. Yeah. Uh, Steven Chambers asking any word about Rhonda. When will she come back? She has not been cleared yet. Uh, according to the wrestling observer, which is why, uh, right now, I think you have Liv and Raquel as the, the tag team champions and SP three. I saw people calling for, they wanted to see Chelsea and Sonia win the titles tonight. I do think they made the right choice. I did. On Raquel and Liv, they have played hopscotch with these for a little bit here. And you know, as soon as Ronda is good to go, her and Shayna are getting those tag team titles sooner rather than later. So I'm I'm perfectly fine with this. And they left it open in an ending that's that, that's going to allow this story to progress as well. There's, there's still meat with it. Yeah, you could tell that uh, Sonia and Chelsea are forming some type of chemistry. They got the matching outfits going on, and they did work well together in this matchup. But, yeah, the match was really short, and the water stuff didn't work for me. So yeah. I kind of I tuned out. I was just like, oh, this was this was fine. It was fine. But uh, I mean, I even I would even say I like the the last five minutes of Ricochet and Braun Strowman versus Viking Raiders more than I did the whole. I think this match went a whole five minutes. So yeah, I would yeah, say I'm that. surprised this really only got one segment tonight on, especially on a show that was very video package heavy. Um, I, did we really need a? And I, I think that WrestleMania recap as as brilliantly as it was put together was about as long as this match was. So I, I do take issue uh, with that. We had an intercontinental title match tonight. Gunther defending against Xavier Woods. Uh, SP3, can we put some respect on Xavier Woods' name? This dude came into this match tonight with a look in his eyes like he was ready to prove something. And I don't think a lot of people, and maybe I'm wrong in this, but I don't think a lot of people expected Xavier Woods to come in and try to go punch for punch with Gunther. But that is exactly what he did. He took Gunther's style and shoved it right back at him. And I love that that's the story they decided to tell tonight. This was a spectacular showing for him. He was never going to win the Intercontinental title over Gunther tonight. 
But the way that they presented him, the way that he stood up with Gunther, and the way that even Gunther had to beat him, had, he had to choke him out. Like, there's a lot to like about what they, the, what these two guys did tonight. I thought Xavier Woods put in a hell of a underdog babyface performance. Uh, he fought, he fought from underneath, and he fought hard. He was hard hitting, trying to match Gunther's style. Uh, the near fall on the on the top rope uh, leg drop was great, and got a huge reaction from those fans. So they, this was what you wanted because it felt like uh, Xavier Woods was elevated coming out of this, and it's not too often they have done that with him as a performer but this is another testament to gunther being just the perfect intercontinental champion because every single time he goes out there and he has a title defense regardless of the guy he's beating who it is and them losing they come out of it looking better we felt higher on ricochet than we did against gunther than we did tonight after that botch same thing with braun Strowman in the matchup against gunther same thing with sheamus at clash at the castle same thing with sheamus and drew at wrestlemania that's the testament of a great heel champion is you're gonna win but in the end you elevate your opponent and that's exactly what he did with xavier woods once again so gunther needs to be the longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time because it just sure. gets better and better with each defense. Yeah, they they found something in Gunther they need to really protect because he has a long run there. And we're talking about, you know, Bret Hart saying things about AEW. He would love Gunther because Gunther, he makes every opponent he beats look uh, like a chore, like he had to really struggle to get past some. He made Xavier look like a champion tonight, and both men left in better shape than when they went in because Gunther left with as the champion, and Xavier left putting up one hell of a fight. Like you said, he fought from the downside and he got beat, but there's no shame in losing like that. He just got beat. So, and I like champions like that because I think when that chop that Gunther has, it must really sound off in the building. Oh, it does. One million percent. People, when they hear that, they go, wow, he is knocking the living crap out of him. And he don't mind getting hit back either. Hit me back. So Gunther is, to me, he should... He's rookie of the year as far as I'm concerned. I mean, the 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 match that he had at Mania with Sheamus and McIntyre was my favorite of the entire weekend. Just three big burly dudes just beating the holy hell out of each other. And and yeah, Gunther will dish it out, but he will take it at the same time. Now Dutch, what do you think this this could do for a guy like Xavier Woods who is Known primarily as a tag team performer. He has been with the New Day now for over a decade. He's one of the most decorated tag team performers. But I don't think, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but I don't think people look at Woods and put him on the same platform as E or, or Kofi, who are two former world champions. Do you think that, you know, Xavier has kind of shown that he could be that guy if they gave him that opportunity? What do you mean that guy, the champion? 
Yeah, somebody on that same level. Kofi Kingston won a world title. Big E won a world title. Hopefully, Big E is able to come back soon. I saw somebody in the chat asking about him. Uh, they're they're still waiting, uh, you know, more tests and things to see how his neck is. So he's just waiting to get the word from doctors about whether he'll be able to come back. But I think Xavier Woods is a guy that has long been overdue. But I don't. When you say somebody like when you bring up Xavier Woods, not a lot of people put him in that. Yeah, this guy could be a world champion one day category. And they don't put him there because they haven't. They haven't put him there. And could he get there? Yeah, he possibly could get there. <clears throat> but what works against Xavier is because he's been there so long. And when you become part of the furniture, you know, it's like you got to, you want to redecorate a living room, and all of a sudden you take the old recliner that you love, but, but it's become just a, a part of the set and you put a new recliner there and you're going to notice that new recliner. I think him being around so long kind of works against him and, and it works against it. It's, it yep. works against everybody because we were bitching like bastards, like eight months ago, like, Oh God, those people again, 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 and it's not exciting. But I was watching this match, and there was a few times I said, what if they they let uh, Xavier win? Because it looked a time or two, he may have had it. Yeah. And one, two, and he kicked out. But I enjoyed the match. Xavier did an excellent job. He really did. The height he got on that leg drop from the top rope. Oh, yeah. Jesus. That man, that was Montez Ford level height that that man achieved. He achieved flight tonight. Like, he, it was spectacular. I jumped out of my chair when he hit that damn leg drop on Gunther tonight. I loved this match. I love this for Xavier. I'd love to see him at least one day win a singles championship. Whether he, won it's King, he won King of the Ring. He did, and they took it away from him three months later, probably because he didn't want to turn heel with it. But I'd love to see this man win the Intercontinental title or the United States Championship. I'll say this much. This was his first one-on-one -on -one opportunity at singles gold since 2015 tonight. Last time he did it, he faced John Cena in a United States Open Challenge, a match that ended in a disqualification. Hopefully, this is the first of many more. Uh, to come for Xavier Woods. We did get some new match announcements tonight for Backlash, by the way, coming up on Saturday, May 6th. Uh, in addition to Zelina Vega and Rhea Ripley for the SmackDown Women's title being made official, Austin Theory will be defending his United States Championship against both Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed. Love this. Bronson Reed and, and Bobby Lashley uh, were spectacular two weeks ago. I, 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 this, this match makes sense. There has been a buildup to it. Bronson Reed interfering on Monday and Lashley and, and, uh, <laughs> uh, Lashley and Austin theory on Monday. So this set up perfectly fine. I feel like somebody made a mistake though. When they flashed a graphic that Seth Rollins is going to be facing Omos at backlash. Um, gentlemen, either one of you take the floor. Uh, was there a setup I missed? Was there a <laughs> no. promo? 
Was there a backstage segment? Was there a digital exclusive? Was there a tweet? Was there a, a <laughs> was there a report? Was there anything about this? No. This not, not that I know. This got chucked out of nowhere. Nowhere. We haven't seen Omas since the Raw after Mania when he squashed Elias. And he wasn't even supposed to be there that night. That was a last-minute addition. They had to run around backstage, reportedly, find that man and help him get into his gear so he could have the first match of the night against Elias because he wasn't supposed to be on the show. It was lucky he was at the damn venue. That was a last-minute change. They have literally had no plans for this man, at least Triple H, since he lost to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Now in backlash, he's going against Seth Rollins? Who, what, when, where, or why? Well, what? This makes no sense. This makes no give me a give me a give me a backstage segment. Give me something. I feel like this this graphic got thrown up prematurely. Like they they shot something for this coming Monday and somebody effed up and put this out on Friday. Well help me make sense. I thought the same thing. I says wait a minute, I don't even know if they even know each other. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know if they've introduced themselves in the dressing. Hey, I'm uh, Seth Rollins. I'm almost. I don't even know. So where the mats come from, I have no idea. Hey, here's a theory, a conspiracy theory. Vince is back in creative. I just thought I'd throw that out there. This definitely seems like Hunter got a call. And said, hey, uh, we need Omas on this card. <laughs> I don't care how you do it. Get him on the card. And then, yeah, my my terrible Vince impersonation uh, aside. Yeah, Hunter's like, all right, we'll throw him a bone. Here, you can go face Seth Rollins. So Rollins is coming off of WrestleMania where he just beat Logan Paul. His first WrestleMania win in three years, SP3. Uh, this is a guy who has done the job. He has done the job for this company and it's looking like he's going to have to do the job again. He's put over dudes like Austin theory, like edge, like Cody Rhodes, like Cesaro and Kevin Owens. Omos has not beat anybody of substance in quite some time. He's going to beat Seth Rollins at backlash, isn't he? He's, he's going to beat oh, Seth God. Rollins. Please, please he's going to beat Seth that. Rollins at no, backlash. I think, I think this is a setup. We thought the Omos uh, Brock Lesnar match was a setup at WrestleMania. Well, they could get by with that probably. They did get by with that. They did. Yeah, it, it overachieved. It overachieved. It achieved exactly what I thought it would achieve. Five minutes, not that very entertaining, and then a big spot at the end. But the live and crowd ate it up the entire time, and that's yeah, because it was the first match on the show. <laughs> You you could. I you would could. not have ever put that match first. No, I, I, I don't wouldn't. Want people either. going, oh god, this is horrible. It wasn't yeah. that bad, but and, and, and I don't know about you, but I didn't see them eating up the the out of the five minutes that we got. How one and a half minutes of it was a bear hug. 
I didn't see them going crazy. <laughs> bear hug, yeah, yeah, bear hug, yeah. I didn't see. <laughs> oh, they ate it up. No, they popped for the F five. They saw a big guy yet F five. Of course, they're gonna pop for that. What are we talking about? This is what I was talking about on social media. I was like, you, if you, if you thought the people overrating Brock versus Omos was something at WrestleMania. I can't wait for Omos versus Seth Rollins and people saying that this is the greatest, the greatest match ever because that's what Backlash is known for. Backlash is known for giving you the greatest wrestling matches ever. It happened in 2020 in a performance center with freak fake crowd noises and all of that. And now it's going to happen in front of, in front of what? 20,000, 30,000 in Puerto Rico. And they're going to eat it up. They're going to eat up Seth selling for Omos and then pulling out a super, a superplex into the Falcon arrow on a seven foot four guy and then hitting the star. I would love to see it. And they're going to pop. They're going to pop. They're going to eat that up too. But this is the most. Pick a name out of a hat match that I have ever seen on a major WWE event. Someone brought up to me that, oh, they, they had random matches on the WrestleMania 20 card. Well, I mean, WrestleMania 36. I was like, well, they had a whole pandemic for a reason why it was random there. But they don't have a reason why this is. How is the matchup that everybody knows is going to happen with Bad Bunny and Rey Mysterio versus Judgment Day not announced? But this is announced. Like I said, this, this, this screams, oh shit, we announced this one day too soon. Like at least Brock versus Omos got a challenge. This has got nothing. Like Seth Rollins has been pretty much directionless since WrestleMania. He came out the Monday night after Raw, looked like he had no idea what he was supposed to be doing out there. He's got producers talking in his ear. He's waving his arms up like, what am I supposed to be doing here? And then he just chucks the damn microphone while everybody in the crowd sings the same four bars of his song. He misses a week, probably due to travel issues. And then he puts on a banger with Miz on Monday, which was spectacular. Great. One of the best Miz matches we've seen in, in God knows how long. But he's had no story. He's had no nothing. He's just been there the last few weeks, and now he's getting this random-ass match against Omos at Backlash. I don't understand it. It feels like he's in a holding pattern waiting until he gets drafted to SmackDown next week. Okay, Rick. Yes. You heard Triple H say the story's never finished. Correct. So let it play out. See, Puerto Rico is sold out anyway. Right, sure. So they don't need to burn anything with Seth right now that may not even be the reason well why uh, to me to me this screams the fact that he's coming to Smackdown because why would you start any storyline on Raw when he's going to be moving to the blue brand unless whoever he starts feuding with is also going to be moving over to Smackdown which kind of if you do that too much it telegraphs where everybody's going to be going kind of a thing but regardless we'll see we'll let it play out we'll see what they say here's my question Dutch do you think Seth even knows that he's facing Omos at this point well, I hope he does. I hope somebody, I don't know where he is tonight, but uh, somebody say, hey, do you know you against Omos in Puerto Rico? What the fuck? This is going crazy. Um, but, um, I assure you there's listen, no How many draft picks the, do they uh, usually Rollins. have on the, on, the, on the show? Say that again? Well, how many draft picks do they usually have yeah. on the draft? Oh, yeah. dude, it, it changes, man. Every year they do something different, which is why I'm sitting here, I'm like, can we get some draft rules announced tonight? Like I'd, I'd love 
to figure out, you know, what, what this is going to look like next week, but on a year to year basis, man, they, they do something different every year. Sometimes they do like five picks a night, each one, or they do five rounds uh, the, uh, before they've done like, uh, four, I think the last time they did it, SP three, correct me if I'm wrong, but on SmackDown, they did like four rounds where raw got three picks and SmackDown got two picks. And then the rest of it, they moved it over to Monday night and did something similar. And then they had draft picks on the internet as well. I, I don't know. It's it it does weird, but I would I would guess we're gonna get somewhere around twenty picks, really fifteen to twenty picks, because they'll do so five. They they'll do five, they'll do five in a bunch. So do that'll be say, boom, boom, boom. Do they say so and so from SmackDown is being traded to Raw four? No, and mention no, no, no so one name. Yeah, one name. Everybody goes in the the same tumbler, and then whoever is making the picks, which I'm sure we probably won't know, but whoever is making the picks will say, number one overall pick, hey, we choose Roman Reigns. Boom. Monday Night Raw, you're next. This isn't like the NFL draft where there's 15 minutes in between each selection. It's, hey, we take Roman Reigns number one. Okay, well, we take Rhea Ripley number two. Okay, well, we take Bianca Belair number three. Okay, well, we take... Seth Rollins, number four, and so on and so on. And they'll do them, they'll probably do them in, in picks of five intervals mixed in throughout the night. So we'll get somewhere between 20 and 25 picks next week. So SmackDown does one pick and then Raw does a pick. Yeah. Okay. Right. Usually in one round, they give Raw three picks and SmackDown two picks because Raw has that third hour they got to fill. So Raw's roster is always going to be bigger. Typically. My big it. question is who gets maximum male models? Who gets that? Ooh, that's a good question. Well, they just went to W. It's a Raw. They so just went to Raw, so they got to stay with Raw. To be on okay, Raw. Okay. I think Chad Gable will come to SmackDown. I think Gable will come to SmackDown, and Otis and the rest of Maximum Male Models will stay uh, on Monday Night Raw. We do have a super chat I want to get to before we talk about our main event tonight. Randy Hawkins donating $5. Thank you so much, Randy. We appreciate it. Dutch, can a heel faction's dominance get annoying? And there are. I, I get where people are coming from here. There's a lot of fans who share this sentiment. Uh, bloodline of Roman Reigns squashing everyone is getting annoyingly old. Now, Roman Reigns is squashing everybody, but to be fair, the Usos did just drop the tag team titles. We'll see how next week's rematch goes against Sammy and Kevin. Uh, but but Dutch, th this is a sentiment that a lot of people are sharing with Roman Reigns now approaching 1,000 days as the universal champion. Can it get annoying? Yes. And hopefully... They listen to the people, and they will change that. Roman Reigns is probably over more than everybody they got over there, I think. But they pushed him like a son of a gun for three years, four years, and he will be like the heel like Ric Flair, they pushed him so long when they turned, turned, and he was a baby face, really. He was a heel they loved. And I think Roman can do the same thing, but they got to find the heel to face him. That's why Gunther is so important to them. Because I would pay, I wouldn't pay, but I would think about it. I would like to see Roman and Gunther yeah. After a long story, and both of them can talk. And because when you, if you saw them, they don't even got to touch. That's the worst thing they can do is touch. If they just go and just, all they got to do is look at each other. 
and build it and build it and build it. And and that would probably be the only match you really need on that card that night to sell it out. I mean, they'll pack it. But I think Roman needs another heel. Uh, uh, he needs to, when they turn him, which they will at some point, he needs a big, massive, dominating heel. And the only one who fits that right now, right now, could be different six months. Sure. Only one fitting that description right now would be Gunther. There's a second. Who's that? Solo Sokoa. That's who I really think that they're, well, building, yeah, that could, they're building for Roman but that, when he yeah, turns baby well, face. I think, well, it, that would work too. That would really work too. Because then you got that whole bloodline story. Yeah. Now you just bring that whole story since people have literally lived that story. It's like we've been in the living room with Roman and, and Jay and Jimmy and Heyman and Solo. It's like you're a member of the family and now they have a they have a spat. Yeah, you're right there. Solo would be a hell of a choice. And 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 Iron Lion, you know, yeah, he's not ready at the moment, but we're talking slow build because this is after yeah. Roman turns babyface. And honestly, the way you probably potentially could turn Roman babyface is by having the bloodline finally turn on Roman. I mean, Roman never forget, Solo is not in the bloodline because of Roman Reigns. The elders put Solo Sokoa in the bloodline to protect Roman Reigns. So Roman, and yeah, Paul he's Heyman. and and Paul Heyman is such a sneaky little bastard. Yes. He could have been working behind just to save his own skin, which is totally believable. He'll he'll he will hop on wherever his meal ticket is. We have seen and, that. And that's the perfect way to, to heat to even heat solo up is that Heyman chooses him. If Heyman chooses him as the next like horse that he's gonna ride out, that's another way that uh, gives solo someone who can talk for him, someone who could cut promos, then, you know, Roman doesn't need Heyman to cut promos for him no. anymore. And you can have the back and forth between Heyman and, and Roman with that. And they basically can just redo the punk, the punk Heyman feud that we got back in 2013. Like solo, you could, you could say whatever you think about solo, not being ready. He's not ready as far as having the star power to go against Roman Reigns, but I've seen him have good matches with, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and Matt Riddle and Rey Mysterio this past one day. All he has to do is be serviceable in that part, especially if they put him with Paul Heyman and make the bloodline still keep going and the bloodline turns on Roman. They have everything they need to make Solo the kind of final boss for Roman to overcome and destroy the thing he created in the bloodline. Sure. Okay, write that down, Rick, and we'll we'll take ownership of the copyright of it and if yeah. they use it we'll sue the shit out of them all right uh but they heard it here okay sid <laughs> what what'd you say again <laughs> if they use it we'll, we'll sue them uh i'll go back and transcribe it later uh chris alford saying roman sucks as a baby face to be fair the, the, cor fair. the correct terminology is Roman did suck Fuck. as a baby. baby face. Face. Yes, we haven't seen suck. what this Roman Reigns looks like. 
as a baby face. The suffer and succotash days are long gone. Let me see what this just badass, calm, cool, collected Roman Reigns, who now understands himself, who now has the confidence in himself, the man who on the biggest stage of them all will just catch a microphone off the top as it's chucked at him with one hand and just wink back at his opponent like it ain't no thing. This Roman Reigns could be a monster baby face. I would love to see what that looks like. Uh, another super chat from uh, Randy Hawkins. Uh, Heyman might just go back to Brock. Would not be surprised. Mm. No, I'm that would be regression for the whole yeah. Brock character. Yeah, let's. Yeah, let's 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 cut some new ground. Let's. Heyman, different. Going back to Brock is just rinse and repeating. Yeah, and, and I would say that Solo needs Heyman a whole lot more than yes. Brock does. If anything, the separation of Brock and and Heyman shows that. Brock didn't need Heyman talking for him all those years. Brock can do just fine by himself. And by the way, Brock introducing himself has surpassed Heyman introducing Brock Lesnar. So we don't need it. And yes, Randy <laughs> Hawkins with another uh, super chat that I brought up earlier. Uh, Vince calling audibles. Yes, I think that's that's a given. Vince is going. Here's the thing. Yes, Triple H is in the weeds. He's the one at the shows every week. He's the guy who's got final say on the nitty-gritty stuff and moving one place to another. But if Vince picks up the phone and says, hey, look, I want to do something, we're going to get Seth Rollins versus Omos at Backlash. That's just yeah. how it's I got a question. Yes. What do you think? The, what What are they going to do with Cody? What do you think? <sighs> to me right me. now, to me right now, to answer your question, I he still feel to me he still feel, he still feels like the guy who's going to beat Roman. It just depends on when, um, whether it's at SummerSlam, whether it's at WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia. <coughs> Excuse me. Right now he's got Brock Lesnar at Backlash. That match is going to be very telling how quickly he gets back to Roman. If he wins, probably he's going to get his rematch at SummerSlam. If he loses, it's probably going to be WrestleMania. That's just what it feels like. But so much can change between now and then. But remember, Dusty, you know, that hard times, and he struggled and struggled and struggled and struggled, and that could be the long-term idea about Cody, that he can't win the big one. After he said, I'm going to win it, yeah. and he just can't get there. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, time's running out, he's getting older, and he wins it. I mean, they, they have some really interesting twists and turns they can utilize in WWE at this point. And whether they were planned out or all of a sudden now, since they have all the machinery or the, mach the motor almost built, it just makes sense to do these things. But it gives them a hell of a lot more to think about. I wouldn't be surprised if Cody loses that backlash, then beats Brock in Saudi Arabia because sure. Brock's going to want that Saudi that Saudi payday. Sure, and then Cody wins the Money in the Bank and says he's going to cash in at SummerSlam. He announces calls his cash shot. in. He calls yeah. his shot and he wins at SummerSlam for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship because that I mean, is a that I, is I, a I, huge I, undertaking to take this to forty. To take this to WrestleMania, it is. It's ambitious. It's ambitious. Um, you know what I think it is? Hmm. Ambitious. Oh, you said that. Oh, I'm sorry. I did. 
You were thinking the same thing. I did. Um, look, I think one thing's for sure. I think all bets are off after Night of Champions because that's that's going to either be the day or the day before Roman hits a thousand. So he's going to defend that's his the title. Day. That's the day. May twenty seventh. Roman one thousand. They should have yeah. just changed the name to Night of One Thousand, not yeah. Night of Champions. Night of One Thousand. So Can't Roman. Wait. Okay, let me ask you this. Yes. Why is the one thousandth day so memorable? Because he didn't beat Bruno. We haven't seen it since 1988, the year I was born. Same. And who, and who did 1,000 days? Pedro the Morales. Immortal, the immortal Hulk Hogan. Yeah, so Roman will become the sixth, I believe, if that's correct, the sixth person ever to hold the championship for more uh, than 1,000 days, which, honestly, Dutch, as you know, that was easier to pull off back in the territory days. Now, all of a sudden, like, that's on television holding the same championship for yep. three years for almost three years. That's let me, let me ask you this. It's unprecedented. <clears throat> let me ask you this. How many days a week? <clears throat> I'm not that familiar with the OWWF. <clears throat> they had matches every day. Pretty they were booked somewhere every day. How many days of the week did Bruno actually work? I would I would say he probably worked maybe two or three days. Uh, I don't know if all of those were like he was defending the title, but it was more of like the live event days, the house show kind of days where it was mostly that they would have the big garden shows, the big shows in like Pittsburgh where he's from. Uh, the, you know the major states they would have big shows there, but uh, I I think he was at best working maybe one to three days a week. So he didn't make the B show like Rochester or something like that, right? I don't think so. I don't think so. At I don't think time. he did either. Yeah. So the, I, the, uh, the the people that have hit a thousand days is Bruno San Martino, Pedro Morales, mm -hmm. Bruno San Martino again, uh, Bob Backlund, and the immortal Hulk Hogan. Now Bruno has the has the he has the longest reign, like almost seven or eight years, right? 2803 days was his was the second the second he was the second ever WWE champion and he held it for 2800 days damn i mean 28000 uh 20 yeah 2800 days <laughs> yeah, 28000 i was about yeah. to say that that's a, that's 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 too long 2800 days getting, was the getting getting roman to a thousand this day and age is an accomplishment let's just good, hope your end game is not 2900 <laughs> because may, be may, 20, may 27th is uh you know a thousand mm -hmm. days and then if he makes it to i believe june 24th 25th he would pass pedro morales's uh reign of 1027 days right now if i had to bet i'd say he's losing it at SummerSlam. the question is that i have for you two guys who should roman beat in Saudi Arabia to get to a thousand days. Who should his opponent be? The winner of the dream match at Backlash of Omos and Seth Rollins. <laughs> that would be Seth Rollins. That's good. Seth choice. Rollins is the guy. Good choice. Rollins has got to be the guy. And I wrote about this today for cage side seats. He's got to be that guy who, who gets there because he's the only guy on Heyman's murderers row list that you won't see. He never got his opportunity 
at a rematch with Roman after he got screwed at the Royal Rumble in 2021. So he's been sitting here waiting and waiting and waiting. And again, doing the job for WWE and putting others over. Now he finally gets over Logan Paul. Hopefully he beats Omos and freaking Puerto Rico and can get drafted to SmackDown. And now he's the top baby face. Cody's over on Raw. Sammy's in the tag team division. Seth can be the top singles baby face on a show all of his own. And he should go right up, square up with Roman Reigns and uh, face him in uh, Saudi Arabia. He won't win. He won't win, but this is this is Roman's final boss. Rollins has his number. This just makes so much sense that his final hurdle to make history is beating his old shield partner. I think that just makes too much damn sense. Uh, Randy Hawkins with another super chat. We do appreciate it. Uh, Cody Rose doesn't have many friends in WWE. I'm assuming you're speaking character wise. Uh, wait till uh, Survivor Series War Games. We will be seeing Team Cody versus Team Bloodline. I sure as hell hope we've moved on by the time Survivor Series rolls around in November uh, that we're not seeing uh, Team Cody versus Team Bloodline. Let's do something else, shall we? By the way, I don't even think it's a given that we're going to get War Games uh, back at uh, Survivor Series this year. That's going to be interesting uh, to wait. Uh, we have not talked about the main event here real quick, guys, but uh, we're over on time. So real quick, uh, thoughts on Solo Sokoa getting another big win over Matt Riddle tonight. Um, Riddle was able to fight off the Usos for a little bit, but that allowed... Uh, Solo enough recovery time after he was buried underneath the announce table to get in, hit a big Samoan spike that Michael Cole thought was a clothesline. Uh, he gets the win, and then Riddle gets one deed through a table. Your guys, I was I event. was surprised we didn't see uh, Sammy and uh, Kevin tonight. Yeah, they established they weren't there, which I was calling which I was calling bullcrap on, but I guess they they really weren't there. Uh, so. But well, they're the main. Out. They they got a match next week, right? So I don't know why they didn't oh. show up tonight. Sure, I don't know. Can't say. Uh, screw it. I'm quitting. They didn't I'm even give a good reason. Uh, they just I, said they weren't, they weren't there. Here, yeah. Like they they're just they're just Roman now. Wait a minute. They said they weren't there. Yeah. Well, how many times have they said somebody's not here, and then all of a sudden yeah, they're, they're there? That's why I called behind the damn curtain or under the ring. Yeah, like when the Usos came out, I was waiting for Sammy and Kevin to show up. I'm like, oh yeah, they they aren't here. No, nah, they really weren't. They just they just left their tag team partner at Backlash to the Wolves. No backup whatsoever. That didn't make a lot of sense to me. You know, WWE creative. They listen to our show. You know that, right? I believe it. Yeah. They called me the other day. Oh boy. They said, "K Fabe." Said, "Okay, yeah, sorry." Who knows, brother? Who knows why Kevin and Sammy weren't actually there tonight? Maybe there's a very, very good reason they weren't there tonight. But in a storyline standpoint, they had no reason not to be there. Just seemed it seemed dumb for them not to show up. Because again, it just leaves their tag team partner to the to the Wolves. SP3, what do you think of the main event tonight? I thought it was a good matchup. Uh, Solo Sokoa once again getting a big win. I always love to. Love to see that because they're trying to establish him. It's kind of been the fake it until you make it kind of theory with the Solo Sokoa kind of uh, push because he's not, you know, ready made like everybody's saying in the chat. He's not ready made to be a main eventer, but they're giving him all these wins. So eventually he'll be viewed as such. But I, I don't know how smart it is because Riddle is just coming back. So he takes back-to-back -back losses in a matter of weeks. So you're kind of establishing Riddle down 
by trying to put Solo up here. But hey, he had to take the loss here because he's versus Solo Sokoa, and he's the more important factor for WWE right now. Yeah, let's just hope uh, we don't see this match again next week. It would be three weeks in a row. We, we haven't gotten a ton of rematches in the Triple H regime, but since Vince has come back, rematches have been a little bit more frequent. I don't know why we'd have a rematch in this one. It would be the third week in a row. I'm like, didn't we just see this? And I'm like, yeah, actually, we did. We just saw yeah. it. Just saw last week's main event. Ozzy uh, with a super set chat says Dutch is getting tired. Are you getting tired there, Dutch? No, but I am getting tired of those $2 damn tips. Listen, if you're going to send something, brother, send at least five or ten. Like, like Randy. Like hey, Randy. Randy here. Yeah, 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 Randy. He says, uh, I know Dutch is retired, but I wish he would book WWE and save See, us. Randy did a $5 deal. I mean, we got a $5 minimum on this table. I mean, quit throwing that damn $2 bets down. I'm kidding. Not All right, Dutch, what do you got going on, man? Uh, same old stuff. I'm writing my third book. Yep. I haven't come up with a title for it yet. I'm going to say my life with two idiots. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I wasn't talking about you guys. No, but no I, I never assume. I'm I'm. <laughs> No, I'm writing my third book, and it's going to be more of the the Dutch you don't know. Oh, it'll still be funny, but you know, I'll, I'll tell a lot of things about how I got in the biz and kind of how I grew up because nobody knows that, and I think it needs to be told. I think the the books that I write are old stories. If if they're not documented and written down somewhere, they just they'll just fade off into the sunset. But uh, if you want to write me and inquire about my two books, uh, Dirty Dutch Mantel with two L's at gmail.com, and I'll get right back to you in about 10 days. Five to 10 <laughs> business days. Uh, SB3, what you got going on on the True Hill Heat this weekend? Tomorrow, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time, True Hill Heat flagship podcast. It'll be myself, Miss Chrissy Love, Top Guy JJ, talking about this week in wrestling, CM Punk returning in June, the new show on Saturday for AEW. Uh, we'll talk about Becky Lynch, Hangman Adam Page, and Drew McIntyre all having contracts that are near expiring. So we'll talk about this week in wrestling. Preview this weekend, got Stardom All-Star Grand Queendom with Mercedes Monet versus Mayu Iwatani. So we'll talk all about that tomorrow, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time. All right, guys, we will be back next week. Uh, regular One more time. question. One more yes. question. Mercedes Monet says she's not going to quit the business until she's as famous as John Cena. Any possibility? As soon as Hollywood gets a hold of her. Yeah, I mean, she did great in Mandalorian. So, I mean, I got I got a thumbs up. I would love to see her in more roles. If I, it's a I, part of Disney, if it's part of Marvel, I think that she can. And she's saying that she's not leaving Japan. So she's going to be sticking around New Japan and stardom and maybe having more dream matches outside of that circle as well. So I'm wow. very interested in Mercedes right now. She's only 30 years old. 31. 30, is she 31 now? Okay. Still. She, I'm not going to doubt that woman. 
doing anything that she says because anything she said she's ever going to accomplish, she's accomplished. So why should I doubt her? Uh, we will be back next week. As far as I know, Rampage is back in its normal time slot, or is it going to be different again? No, I believe it's going. It's coming on at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Dutch next week. Oh, I'm not watching. <laughs> that, that was my... Hey, I'm a part-time employee here. That's that's working full time at five thirty. Five thirty on Friday. Friday. Yeah, on Friday. On Friday. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna watch it. I'll try to watch it. Well, we'll be back at ten o five then after SmackDown, and we'll see just how much Dutch Mantel has watched. Take care. <laughs> Have a great weekend, everybody. See you guys.